The movie The Raiders of the Lost Ark stars Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones, an archaeologist-slash-action hero. The plot of the movie is fairly simple. It's 1936, and Nazi German forces are looking for the Ark of the Covenant. Why? Well, because they think possession of the Ark will make their armies invincible. And apparently, so too does U.S. Army intelligence, or else they wouldn't be concerned about the Nazis getting possession of the Ark. Now, the movie is fiction. It's entertainment, but does raise a couple of good questions. What is the Ark? Would it really make an army invincible? Let's start with that first question. What is the Ark? was the holiest object in ancient Israel. It was a gold uh, box, excuse me, it was a wood box covered in gold plating, had two golden statues of angels on top of it. And Israel put certain sacred objects in the ark. For instance, the tablets of the Ten Commandments Moses received from the Lord on Sinai, the staff of Aaron, brother of Moses and the high priest, and a golden jar containing some of the manna, the miraculous bread which God rained down from heaven daily during Israel's sojourn in the wilderness. But above all else, what made the ark the holiest object in ancient Israel was the fact that the ark was the dwelling place of God on earth. God dwelt with his people in the ark. Okay, so the ark is holy. Why would anyone think that the ark would bring victory for an army in battle? And the short answer is because in the Old Testament, the ark did give Israel victory in battle. For example, when the city of Jericho fell to Israel in Joshua 6, the city fell effortlessly um, for the Israelites because it, it fell by the power of God. However, there is a nuance here. The ark wasn't ever some kind of magic object. It could never have been manipulated for nefarious purposes. It wasn't like a piece of technology that worked regardless of whose hands it was in. And we see this elsewhere in the Old Testament. So, for instance, when um, uh, in 1 Samuel, a generation arises that is unfaithful to the covenant. And when this faithless generation goes to battle against the Philistines, they process the ark out into battle, confident they will win because they have the ark. But in fact, they lose and they lose horribly. And not only do they lose and lose horribly, they also lose the ark to the Philistines, which they short, uh, get back relatively shortly. Or fast forward many generations later, Jerusalem is conquered by Babylon and the ark is lost to history. Now, I would dare say there is a reason why the original ark was lost to history. And that is this, because the first ark was only a sign meant to foreshadow, to prefigure the everlasting ark of the covenant, Mary the mother of God. Just as the Ark of the Covenant was the dwelling place of God on earth, so Mary is full of grace, perfectly filled by the Holy Spirit from the moment of her conception. And most especially, within her womb dwelt the incarnate God himself, the blessed fruit of her womb, Jesus. If it sounds like a stretch to call Mary the new and everlasting Ark of the Covenant, then look no further than our first reading from the book of Revelation. Quote, then God's temple in heaven was opened, and the ark of his covenant was seen within his temple, and a great sign appeared in the heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. This first reading shows us St. John's vision of God's temple in heaven, and what does he see in God's temple in heaven but the ark of the covenant? The ark of the covenant, which is a woman clothed with the sun, the blessed Virgin Mary. 
Now, in our gospel, we also see Mary described as the Ark of the, the new Ark of the Covenant. However, it's not as explicit. St. Luke, in, in writing the writing on the visitation, he describes it in such a way uh, as to teach us that Mary is the new and everlasting Ark of the Covenant. How so? Well, he draws a parallel, a very strong parallel between Mary coming to Elizabeth with the Ark of the Covenant coming to David. So in 2 Samuel 6, David arose and went to the hill country of Judah. How does our gospel begin? Mary arose and went in haste to the hill country of Judah. David said, excuse me, David says, how can the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord come to me? And Elizabeth says, who am I that the mother of my Lord should come to me? When the Ark did come to David, he shouted, danced, and leapt in front of the Ark. When Mary, the Ark of the New and Everlasting Covenant, approached Elizabeth, John the Baptist leapt in his mother's womb. These are just three of the many connections between 2 Samuel 6 and the visitation. Mary is the Ark of of the covenant, the new and everlasting Ark of the Covenant. Today we celebrate the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Today we celebrate the fact that when Our Lady, uh, after her earthly life on earth, excuse me, today we celebrate the fact that Our Lady, after her earthly life on earth, is taken up into heaven, body and soul. In other words, today we celebrate uh, when Our Lady, when the new and everlasting Ark of the Covenant comes to the everlasting temple of God in heaven. Now, maybe some of you are thinking, okay, why does any of this matter? Why does the assumption of Our Lady matter? Why does the fact that Mary is the new and everlasting Ark of the Covenant matter? And I'll say this, the reason is spelled out in our first reading, which also describes a cosmic battle between the woman clothed with the sun, Mary, and the red dragon, Satan. And the Catechism then connects this prophecy with the Antichrist who will usher in a final trial that will shake the faith of many believers, causing them to turn away from Christ and the Catholic Church. This cosmic battle is a battle for souls. It's not a battle between God and the devil. That would, was never much of a battle anyways. God is infinitely more powerful than him. Now, it's a battle for souls that can freely choose which side they want to be on, our souls and other souls. And if we turn to Our Lady, to the Blessed Virgin Mary, the new Ark of the Covenant, she will intercede for us and obtain the graces necessary to make us invincible against the assaults of the red dragon, to make us invincible from the wiles of the devil. The best way we can appeal to Mary, the new Ark of the Covenant, is by praying the rosary every single day. Now, the rosary is not some magic object, like the original Ark of the Covenant was not a magic object, you know? So what does that mean? That means we must be striving to live faithfully, to live uh, faithful to the new covenant that Christ uh, uh, formed in his, uh, by the shedding of his blood on Calvary. But if we are striving to be faithful and we find ourselves afflicted by temptations or doubts, by discouragement or despair, by anxiety or fill in the blank, we but have to pull out the rosary and ask for our mother's aid. As our second reading makes clear, it is Christ who conquers. He will eventually put all enemies under his feet, and the last enemy to be destroyed is death. But as Pope St. John Paul II said, when the victory comes, it will be brought by Mary. Christ will conquer through her, he said, because 
Christ wants the church's victories now and in the future to be linked to her. Our Lady is the Ark of the Covenant. She will give us the victory in this cosmic battle, just as the first ark gave Israel the victory in Jericho. But we must seek to be faithful, and we must entrust ourselves to our spiritual mother. Let us entrust ourselves to Our Lady, the new and everlasting Ark of the Covenant, by daily praying the rosary, so that we might experience the victory Christ will win through her.